Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just yes, good evening and welcome to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Uh, lovely to have your company as well and uh, I'd love you to get involved with the show. If you've got something valuable to contribute, well, you know what to do. Jump on the open line, one 300 1170 one is the open line number, or if you'd rather send us a text, you can do that as well, 0457 736 736. Again, 0457 736 736. Well, we're going to talk about loads of stuff for over the next uh, few hours. I'll be here until midnight. The mad Russian has decided to uh, walk into the studio. He's been pushing a few buttons here, there, and everywhere. Great to see you, Rusky. I haven't seen you for a few weeks. How are you doing? Three weeks off. We've got new markets going into Gold Coast. Well, Gold Coast has been with us for a while, but New Zealand as well. Oh, they're tonight. taking our show, show tonight. Overnights across the Zealand. Tasman. Well, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to our dear friends across the Tasman. Uh, your team, or uh, well, the Warriors, not going too well, but had a well had an upset win over the weekend, didn't they? Two-point win. We'll talk more about that. Brain snaps in rugby league. I mean, can you believe that what the Cronulla did? And, and to be fair, interim coach Josh Hannay put his hand up and said it was my decision uh, he told Aaron Woods uh, not to take the two not to square the match uh, let's go for the try anyway look um, there's a few nominees for a regular segment which we have here on higher ground if you are a regular listener you'll know what I'm talking about it is the wood duck of the week <coughs> Okay, so there are a few nominations for that this week, and if you've got some nominations, you know what to do. Send them through via text, 0457 736 736. Also, uh, we generally, on a Monday night, have our Rocket Man Awards, and this has been going all throughout the year, uh, particularly for our New Zealand listeners, just to put you into the picture. We give out a three, two, and a one each weekend, all right, to the three players that we or you because we like your input again, uh, deemed to have been had the most impact over the weekend, all right? Uh, for example, for example, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. Uh, I thought Jerome Hughes was outstanding for Melbourne Storm against Manly over the weekend. Uh, I might choose to give him two points, and then I've got to find a three and a one. Um, again, jump on the text line 0457 736 736. You can uh, just put a title in there, Rocket Man, or you can put the title in there, Wood Duck of the Week. Will Chambers, what have you thought about Will's latest antics? He's he's a serial pest, isn't he? A serial offender uh, when it comes to sledging. You like it or loathe it? What are your thoughts? Um, you know, should it be outlawed? Is there a line that he has crossed? And I think the Warriors certainly think that uh, Will Chambers has crossed the line with mm. some of his comments. I'm not privy to what exactly was said, um, but is there a place in sport for sledging? 
or is there a line that you just don't cross? Get involved with the show. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. I mean, sledging's been around, been around since Adam was playing fullback for uh, Jerusalem, wasn't it? So, uh, however, we would all agree it's a different world we live in. You know, you, you can't look at someone the wrong way these days without maybe having a bloody uh, lawsuit filed against you. <laughs> I, I exaggerate, but you know what I mean. Uh, we are living in a very, very different world. Um, so should it be outlawed, sledging? I'm going to talk to Greg McCallum a bit later on, all right? Now, he was refereeing around in the heyday, you know, 40, 30 years ago. Where referees were sledging when, players. When referees were referees, mate. It was their law, right? Or you go. Um, keen to chat to Greg about what he thinks about sledging. But also, my goodness, there is a stack of charges this from the weekend. I reckon there's about a dozen players almost that will be missing matches, mm. banned. Another dozen or so that have been hit with fines. And on Will Chambers, I mean, he's basically, his tongue, his tongue alone, Will Mm. Chambers, his mouth um, has resulted in, I think, three Warriors players being charged. A couple will spend time on the sideline. And I think Dallin Wateni-Zelesniak is going to fight his Mm. charge at the judiciary. Uh, but so loads for us to talk about uh, on that front. But you know, it's always a better show if you guys, our listeners, get involved. All right. So I'm not begging you, but I am on my hands and knees. Give us a call. <laughs> Give it. I, I do need a chair. Actually, I'll find one in a minute. Uh, or get get involved via the text line 0457736. Let's talk sledging. Let's talk wood duck of the week. Let's talk Rocket Man Awards. I'll be talking to Stevie Renoff a bit later on as well. Uh, the Pearl, he uh, he joins us most weeks, and we talk all things north of uh, of the border. Mm. And let's also talk about the run into the finals. You know, we've only got four games to go, four rounds left, and uh, there are uh, five teams, five teams trying to squeeze into the final two spots in the top eight. The minor premiership is still up for grabs, although Melbourne, you know, they do have one hand on the JJ Giltman shield. Mm. And uh, the fourth place in the top four, who's going to get that? Manly, Roosters or Eels? So plenty to, to look at. And uh, again, uh, like you to be involved uh, in the show. So we'll be here until midnight and feel free to get involved with the program. Uh, right now, though, um, it's time for this. Welcome to our wrap of round 21. The Knights and the Broncos got us underway on Thursday night. Newcastle still aiming for the top eight. The Broncos hoping to push further away from the wooden spoon. They come the short side or the western side of the ground. And he goes straight through. Jake Clifford goes through from the scrum base and goes over to score. Pierce sees an opening, reaches out and oh. scores. Mitchell Pierce, was that a double movement? No. Pierce goes in to score. A try has been given. And Newcastle, they're back in front. Ponga gives it on. Best. Oh. Best gives it on. Tawala goes in. And Tawala has scored. There's that combination. Ponga to Best. Tawala. We saw it last week. And we'll see it again throughout the season. The Knights approaching full strength and flying into ninth position. Just one more win away from the top eight. The Raiders and Dragons were in the same situation on Friday night, both needing a win to keep their top eight hopes in view. Crossfield kick, who's coming through? Whiten's coming through. Jack Whiten's coming through. And you know what? The moment I said that, I knew he was moment away from a big play, and he does. He comes up with a massive play. It was a crossfield kick from Williams. 
Jack Whiten brings it down. The old fullback scores. Starling goes off to the short side. Oh, Starling! Starling. Oh, he he put the ball down. He He'll scored. claim the try. Well, he, he he's, was he's, knocked back a try before Chris Sutton wants to check it out. But I've got a feeling like you, the pointy part of the Steeden might have hit the line. Starling's last-ditch effort was the only try of the second half and proved enough to push Ricky's Raiders into the eight. Two teams with top four aspirations, the Eels and the Rabbitohs, squared off in a critical Friday night matchup. Walker, Walker, goes back to the left-hand side. They've reset and they'll score. Mansour got it. Katie Walker going, oh, stop, stop, stop. Go back the other way. He did that. Found the space. And South City get the first try of the night. Here's Cook. He looked right. He nearly got me. They went left-hand side. Latrell, long ball. Goes to Mansour. Gets his second. I think it was a no-look by Latrell. That's a try assist down that left-hand side. Not once, but twice. Reynolds out the back now to Walker. There's the kick. Oh, it bounced nicely. Gagai's trying to stretch out. Stretch out, he does, and he scores the try. Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell, the stars once again, as the Bunnies turned on the style in the second half against Parramatta. The Eels now under pressure, dangling dangerously in fourth place with a tough run home ahead. Super Saturday kicked off with the Warriors taking on a shark side still very much in the hunt for the finals. Now Sirenen across field, they Sullivan floating ball over the top to Azini Zalesniak, pins his ears back for the corner and scores. Dived in the corner, he stood up Mulatalo. I think Ronaldo Mulatalo didn't give him the credit he deserved and Dalamatini Zalesniak scores. Plays it back to Nicarima. They go to the eastern side. Strong run. Oh! What about the offload there? And there's the try to Reese Walsh. And Peter Hicku plays it 20 out from the line. Now Harris Tavita to O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan gives it there to Aitken, who gets away from Chambers, gets away oh! from Lama, and is going to score the try. A tight tussle turned on a late penalty and the Sharks missed a big opportunity to jump into the final places despite playing a quarter of the match with an extra player after Kane Evans was sin-bin twice by Matt Checken. The Roosters took on the Panthers in the Twilight game in a potential finals preview. Burton flashes past you. Tedesco was left behind. Extraordinary play from Burton, the speedster. And the stepper, and the swerver. Very oh, crash play. Paris defence. Did they not see Ratley? Is he the invisible man? Here he is again with a ball. Dummy and run. And Dessler, get me the rope. Get me the rope. Bender scored for Patrick. Oh, what a last few minutes from this bloke. The Roosters threatened an ambush, but Penrith were too strong. Matt Burton raising his stock again in the absence of Nathan Cleary in a mercurial performance. The second game at Suncorp was just as tasty. Old foes Manly and Melbourne facing off in a Saturday night special. Manly trying to hang on. It's Kenny Bromet. He ducks down low and slides his way to the line. And it did not take... All that long for the Melbourne Storm to click in the gear. Big glass play here. High. Oh, an intercept by Saab. It's all over. Jason Saab turns the game around. Oh, yes, sir. The Manly Seagulls. They have clawed their way back into this contest. The final play. Oh, Harry Grant, the vision. And Justin Olam strolling over. The Storm picked up the points in a dogfight 
their 17th straight win against a manly side who showed they'll be up for the fight come finals time. On Sunday, the Tigers, another of those teams looking to keep their season alive, took on the lowly Bulldogs. Big chance the Tigers, Dewey. Comes back here to Brooks. Yeah, it's Little. Skipping sideways, sees a bit of space, it opens up, gives it to Leilua, and from close range, Luciano crashes over. It's Luke Brooks. Chipping again towards the corner, Mamalo up against Alan. Big Ken! Flying Mamalo! The Tigers' season teetering, but still alive, thanks to their seventh win of the season. To wrap up the round, the Titans played the Cowboys. Sexton cuts out Wallace Brimson, knocked down here by North Queensland. Picked up by Brimson, that'll be play on. He'll have too much pace and he'll score. AJ Brimson, that's play on. Plays it back to Clark, they come left again. Furmore throws oh! it out and back to Kelly, who gets himself a double. What about the pass from Bo Formore? That wasn't a pass. That was a trick shot. Oh, there's a mistake. Thanks, Good Tom. tackle from Ash Taylor. And now down the corner, for some reason, Herbert's kicked for himself and scored. Furmore's party trick capping a superb Titans performance. And that is the weekend wrap. Yeah, there you have it. The uh, the weekend wrap and uh, busy old weekend, wasn't it? Busy old weekend indeed. But uh, we do that each and every Monday. Um, not too many blowouts were there. Well, save for yesterday's match and uh, uh, the Titans, they they dished it up, didn't they? Dished it up to the Cowboys. Knights Broncos, and I called that match with uh, Timmy Manor on SEN, so I don't normally mm. uh, normally call. That was nice, uh, a bit of fun working with Timmy, and we'll chat to Timmy Manor a bit later in the show as well. They've got a, a good run to the finals, Newcastle. We'll go through that a bit later on too. Uh, I'll put together a bit of a, a run, a finals countdown, and I'll tell you what I think will happen over the next month of uh, of footy. Knights have got a, a cruisy run home. Um but uh, Mitchell Pierce, he was uh, sort of he was the difference, I thought, coming back. It was the first time this season, too, that Mitchell Pierce had played with Kalen Ponga mm. and also Bradman Best. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah. Do they um, make finals now? Yeah, they do. Do the Raiders make the finals is your next question, mm. uh, Mad Russian. And we'll go through it a bit later on, so I won't I won't reveal all now. But they um, – a scrappy game, that one. 20 points to 12 over the uh, Dragons. 12 mm. all at half time. Stack of players on report. We'll go through all the judiciary stuff a bit too um, after after the first sort of break. Rabbitohs, they look really, really good. And people are talking about, you know, it being probably a race in four now. And I think, yeah. I think you've got to do that. I think, like, you know, Storm Panthers, Bunnies and Manly. Do we still do we include Manly in the, I, in the in the in the the four? I love the obviously love the idea of. Do we put a, 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 a line through the eels and roosters? I can't see. But You're I, a Manly I, boy. I can't even see Manly winning. The defense is just not. They can't go with those top two three teams for eighty minutes. Most teams can't go with Melbourne for eighty, right? No. But what I saw on the weekend, Manly it was encouraging. Ma- Manly went with them. Mm. Manly went all the way with them. If it wasn't for a few. Bad, bad mistakes, mm. right? Early in the tackle count because Melbourne had about sixty-five percent of the ball, Man, and and the points they scored came off the back of manly mistakes. Mm. You take those out. I know it's an if, mm. it's a hypothetical. You take those out, mate. Different, different ball game. 
Honestly, I reckon I reckon Desi Hasler of the two coaches, mm. I reckon Desi Hasler probably is feeling a little bit more of a warm glow inside after that game. Isn't that telling? Even though they've lost. Well, isn't that see I find that telling that we've gone down by eight points and we're still feeling a lot better about ourselves than probably Melbourne. Uh, yeah, it's not the it's not the battle, it's the war. Mm. Right, it's 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 one it's one battle, and I you, just think I think Desi walks away from that feeling all right about it. I can't see the Storm letting Trebojevic have as much influence as he did, particularly in the first half, and I can't see them throwing the Nico Hines pass for the Saab try. I can't see that happening again, mm. and I just I just think Storm were not near their ceiling, and Manly. That was their ceiling. Okay. I, don't, I don't think they play any better than that. All right. I think Manly can play better than that. So I don't think they've hit their ceiling. Um, and I agree that's not Melbourne's ceiling. They've got mm. Felice Cafusi to come back. They've got Nelson Asaf Solomona to come back. They've got Harry Grant and Pappenhausen on the bench. Yeah. You're right. No, I can see you smirking over there. And you're a Manly fan. You, you're, it's you're, not a happy you're trying smirk, to be real. Chris. No, I know. It's not a happy... I'm a pessimistic supporter, though. Mm. I'm always that. All right. Most, uh, not most Manly fans are. Warriors eighteen sixteen. Oh, we'll talk more about Warriors eighteen sixteen over the Sharks. And oh my lord, do you reckon I've tipped the Warriors? No. Um, brain snap at the end. We'll talk more about that. Um, and oh my, what about Will Chambers and Kane Evans? And do you know what? So Kane's just basically had enough, right? Mm. He's he's seen red. He's seen the red mist. It stuffed the rules. I know I'm going to get 10 in the bin. Bang, I'm going to throw one on your chin. Bang, I'm going to throw another one. He's got good reach too, Kane Evans. Good long reach. But still, he didn't land it flush. No. Come on, Kane. If you, I reckon Kane gets in there for Wood Duck of the Week nominee too for not landing it properly. Well, his last few weeks, Kane, we, well, we were off when he, he wrote the stupid thing on his wristband. So we didn't get to nominate him that week. But, gee whiz, he's had some sort of last month, hasn't he, Kane Evans? And Sat said, Sat said in the call on Saturday, why have you brought him back on? Because you could see after the two punches, well, the mist had descended. Yeah, but if you don't bring him back on, he can't get sin-binned again. Exactly right. So th- that's the argument. Why just, are you bringing him back on again? So he, and, and I, I'm pulling these out of my backside here, but I reckon he becomes only the third player in NRL era to be sin-binned twice in one match. Who are the other two? Okay. Uh, um, Cameron Munster was sin-binned twice in yes. I think, a grand final a few years ago. Very good. And uh, this year, Victor Radley was sin-binned twice in the same oh, match, right. wasn't he? Do you remember? Yes. Radley was put on report about three times. So now we've got Kane Evans. He was um, sin-binned twice, and I think he was put on report three times. Whoa. Number that's three. A, that's remarkable. But I'm giving Kane, right, if we go for Wood Duck of the Week, and later on, we'll, later on in the show we'll do Wood Duck of the Week award, mm. right? And you know all about the... I'm giving it maybe to Kane's getting some points, all right? And it's mm. up to our listeners. Please send the text through. 0457 736 736. Wood Duck of the Week. Is it Kane Evans for throwing the punch knowing he's going to get sin binned? Or is it Kane, Kane Evans for throwing the punch and not landing it flush <laughs> on the chin of Will Chambers? <laughs> or in the same match, is it Aaron Woods, who was standing oh. captain... Uh, not going for the two, which would level the scores at 18 all in the dying stages. Or is it Cronulla coach, interim coach Josh Hannay, for passing on the instructions to Aaron Woods, don't take the two. 
So there's a few nominees for this week's Wood Duck of the Week. So again, I'd like you at home, if you're playing along, send a text through and you can be involved in the show. Like Jacko has, and again, a welcome to our, our listeners, our audience in uh, listening via SENZ. Mm. Also to our audience on the Gold Coast tonight through 1620 uh, SEN. But Jacko says, uh, hey, Chris, Jacko, Warriors were just dumb giving into that sort of shh. Yeah, well, I can't say that word. Uh, it's been happening for eons and dumb not to know what he's trying to do. Kia ora to those in <laughs> New Zealand. Thanks, Jacko. Kia ora. Now, is that, that's hello, isn't it? Basically, it's welcome. Welcome. Hello. Mm. Welcome. Awesome stuff. Uh, again, Jacko, love to hear Timmy Manor. Re Eels can't see where they go from here. I will ask Timmy Manor uh, what happens to the Eels. Well, is quickly, it... quickly, before we go to a break, you're mm. an Eels man mm. under the professional layer that you display on this show. Thank you. Yes. Um, do they make the top four? No. You don't see them making the top four? Even if Storm Panthers rest players no. towards the end of the year? No. 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 How far can they go in the finals? They can't. They can't. <laughs> I don't think they can. Gee, that's... don't think they that can. That is pessimistic. Well, no. They, they might win week one, but I think that, that might be it. Look, I hope I'm, I'm, hope I'm wrong, but they've just... Then they're a shadow of themselves from the yeah. earliest, earlier in the season. Um, Mitchell Moses, he'll be better next week, having gotten, you know, he's been out for mm. a little while. He played at the weekend. Um, huge loss, Reed Marnie. You cannot put a price on that, really, the work mm. that he gets through. And Regan Campbell Gillard, I think they missed him big time yeah. as well. You know, when they were, that, when they were going so good, the Eels, mm. right? When they were going so good, and this, this is not just this year, this was last year as well, and it's a similar pattern. They petered out at the back end of the season, mm. like they're doing this year. But when they were going really good, that was on the back of their forwards bashing forwards up. Mm. Junior Paul and Regan Campbell at Gillard were laying the platform week in, week out. But, you know, that can only go for so long. It's a war of attrition, and that has its toll on the body. Mm. And they can't just keep going at breakneck speed with that impact for the whole season, those mm. two big bodies. And, you know, I think that's a part of the slide as well. So is that the rules? And Nathan Brown. Hmm? Is that the rules? Or is that their, no, their fitness I, I levels? Just, or? Uh, I just think that a lot is being asked of their right. bodies. Not enough depth. And that style, mm. you know, that bashing, barging, just, you know, I think it's sort of just they've petered off as right. petered, petered out as well. Mm. Anyway, just my thoughts on that. Um, get involved with the show. If you'd like to jump on the line, please do. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 5 or, 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 or what is it? Oh four oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're listening to Higher Ground on a Monday night with me, Chris Warren, and him, the Mad Russian. You bet your Higher Ground. We're here until midnight, uh, me and the Mad Russian, and uh, we're talking all things rugby league. We can talk other stuff as well. If you want to weigh into the conversation, you can do that one of two ways uh, via the open line. There's space there now. If you want to jump on the line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Or if you would like to send us a text, 0457 736 736. A few topics that we can talk about. What do you think about sledging and, and Will Chambers? Has he crossed the line? Uh, should it be outlawed in the game? What are your thoughts there? Uh, Goose of the Week or what we call Wood Duck of the Week. We give out that award. Please keep those nominations coming through. I've won it myself um, couple of times this year and so I'm I'm not in the in the nominees list this week but if you've got some nominees for Wood Duck of the Week and then we have Rocket Man our three two and one Rocket Man points from the weekend's games if you'd like to send some nominations through for who was your best player 
across round 21. Your best player across round 21. And we can factor that in when we give out the three, two and one a little bit later in the show. Uh, Greg McCallum is going to join us uh, very, very shortly and give Greg a call and get him on the show to talk through um, all the charges from the weekend and also you know, get his sort of uh, thoughts on, on sledging. He would have seen a lot in his day, I'm sure, as a, as a um, first grade whistleblower. Going through the, the, the charge sheet then, and, and I'll do it again uh, in a bit with Greg, but Angus Crichton, so he's going to miss the next three weeks. Uh, he's entered an early mm. guilty plea for that crusher tackle uh, on Liam Martin. What do you think about that one? I thought it was tough. Now, it was only a grade one, right? Yeah. But he's getting the three weeks but it's because the three of all. Weeks because of the crusher. No, and all the loadings. And the loadings. Yeah, and he missed Origin 1 or 2, didn't he? He was suspended as well. Yeah. Roosters fans, what are your thoughts on Angus Crichton? Uh, three weeks. You've got to understand it was only a grade one crusher tackle. I thought it was a bit harsh myself. Uh, looking through this here, Appy Corusau, he's going to go to the judiciary, uh, fight a contrary conduct charge. Um, Kurt Capewell and uh, Liam Martin. Uh, the other Penrith players charged, they've entered early guilty mm. pleas, but they're just going to cop uh, fines, aren't they? Oh, no, no. Capewell yeah, gets a yeah. match. Yep. He'll miss this weekend's game against the Dragons. Kurt Capewell, uh, talking to the Dragons, uh, they'll be without Tarek Sims. He'll miss miss that match against Penrith, entering an early guilty plea for a careless high tackle charge. What else? Dylan Napa, doggies. My good. I mean, who's got the longest record list <laughs> in the history of NRL. Dylan Arpa's got to be on there. And I tell you, one of his teammates, Jack Hetherington, he's, he's slowly... in his footsteps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> those two. My goodness. Imagine going for a few uh, few whiskeys, uh, brewskies with those two. Dylan is a uh, four-match ban he's facing, I think. Is that right? Four matches. Because mm-hmm. um, he got charged twice for incidents uh, in that lost to uh, West Tigers yesterday. Scrappy game, that one. My mm. God, that was hard to watch. Uh, what else we got? Still going through the list here. Yeah, Jack Hetherington, uh, three weeks he's facing on the sidelines for a grade one hairless, a careless high tackle charge on Alex Twile. I think he was harshly dealt with there. I think because of his name and he's got a record list. Mm. I know referees will say, no, 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 it's got nothing to do with that. But surely it comes into your psyche when you're about to send a bloke off um, if it wasn't Jack Hetherington, let's say it was clean skin, Jack clean skin, does mm. he get sent to the sin bin? Probably not. And, you know, it's a high tackle and it's a penalty. It's, Hardly. Yeah, it's, it's no, it's not high. anything else. Oh, no, I agree. Thank you. Else. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, I agree with you. Yeah, no, high tackle penalty. Good, good as yeah. gold. But it's not a send off. No. Anyway, uh, Tigers props, Stefano Utoika Manu. I know these cops are fine. I'm just trying to find other suspensions here. Dallin uh, Wateni Zalesniak, as we touched on earlier, he's going to go to the judiciary to avoid a, a one-game ban. Uh, Warriors prop, uh, Matt Lodge and Kane Evans. Um, yes, two games for Matt Lodge and one game for Kane Evans. There you go. And Toa Sipley, he's uh, copped a one-game ban as well. I think he was a... Was it a crush attack? No, it was a careless high tackle. Mm. Um, I think for no, it was a it was a crush tackle yep. for Sipley. Now Will Chambers, who was the centre of everything, uh, all the nastiness in that game against the Warriors, he has accepted a fine of one thousand one hundred and fifty dollars for contrary conduct. Canberra's Jordan Rapana, uh, dangerous contact. Uh, so does he get any matches? No, just fines there, fines there. And uh, Broncos forward Keenan Palacia, 
has received a two-game ban. Um, he took the no-contest charge uh, plea, rather, for mm. a careless high tackle. So there you have it, all the charges, and uh, we'll talk more about the nitty-gritty behind that. Um, if you think uh, a couple of those players were harshly dealt with, I'll chat to Greg McCallum next. And great to have your company coming up to 22 minutes to 10 o'clock. We'll be here until midnight here, midnight here on uh, on higher ground. So uh, we'd like you to get involved with the program. Jump on the open line if you want to, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, Or if you would like to send us a text, you can, 0457 736 736. All right, we've got a few subjects we're throwing out there. Uh, let's talk sledging. Uh, should it be outlawed in the game or is there still a part a part? Uh, for sledging in the game of rugby league. Is there a line you can cross or should there not be a line to be crossed? Let us know. Uh, Goose of the Week or Wood Duck of the Week. We've got a few nominations coming through for that. Keep them coming through. And also our um, our Ra- Rocket Man Awards. Mm. Who was the, the best player over the weekend? Who made the biggest impact uh, in round 21? Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we'll go to the open line now, and uh, Shane is on the line from Marrickville. How are you, Shane? Thanks for calling. G'day, Chris. How are you, mate? It's good to have you back on. Mate, uh, thank you, mate. I appreciate that. It's good to be back. I've, I haven't been here for a little while. We were on the air yesterday. We do the uh, the NRL Match Day show from midday on a Sunday, but uh, I was doing another program uh, on the app during the Olympics. So we're back in our, our usual time slot. Um, what do you want to talk about, Shane? Well, it's going to be sad to see Sterlow leaving Channel 9. I read that today uh, in the Daily Telegraph and in Buzz Rothfield's uh, column, I think. Yeah, he's he's been a fixture, hasn't he? An ornament to the game, not just as a player, but post-playing uh, uh, in commentary. And uh, I don't think there are many people that could say they, they don't respect Peter Sterling or his opinion. Um, and that's not just Parramatta fans saying that too. I, I, I idolised him when I was a kid. Loved him. He was my idol. Uh, in fact, I think I'm lucky enough, I think I've got one of his jerseys at home, oh. tucked away in one of the drawers. But no, you're right, Shane. He's a, he's a good. And, and I think the thing about Sterlow, Shane, too, is that, you know, even though he, he's getting on in years, I don't mean any disrespect by that, um, but his opinion, he's still very modern. He, he's up to date and very clued in with the with the modern game. Would you agree? Yes, I would, yeah. Yeah. Did you like him on the on the footy uh, show? The footy show way back when. Oh yeah, that that was really good then. And but but he's made his decision, and if he wants to retire, good luck to him. Oh, absolutely, and also you know he, he probably doesn't need the dough, um, so he's still got a few good years left, hasn't he? Still, I reckon you you go and enjoy it. You go and enjoy it. Thanks for the call, Shane. Appreciate it, mate. Get in touch any time. Um, and uh, like Shane, okay. thanks, thanks, brother. Like Shane, if you want to get involved, uh, you can. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is uh, is the open line number. Or if you want to send a text, you can do that as well. Uh, I will remind you, we have the six-pack, the higher ground six-pack rule. If you've had uh, six sherbets or more, we strongly encourage you to send us a text on 0457 736 736. If you've had six schooners or less, uh, feel free to jump mm. on that open line uh, and get in touch with us so um, that's the way you do it you want answers I think I'm entitled you want answers I want the truth you can't handle the truth order order order
Yes, the judge has joined us. Greg McCallum, he does it most weeks here on Higher Ground. Welcome, Greg. Thanks. How you doing, mate? I'm going really well, Chris. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Uh, interesting time uh, of the season. Interesting time uh, for a number of other reasons as well. Just looking back at the weekend, wow. Uh, we have got a stack of players uh, charged over the weekend. Um, there are a couple of particularly spiteful games. We'll talk about those in a moment. A uh, lot of players hit with fines and a number of players have been suspended. I'll, I'll rattle through this list. It's quite exhaustive. Now, the Roosters will be without Angus Crichton again uh, for three games for a crusher tackle on uh, Panthers forward Liam Martin. We'll chat about that. Penrith centre, uh, Kurt Capewell, a one game for a crusher tackle. Dragons forward Tarek Sims, he'll miss one game. Careless high tackle. Uh, Bulldogs forward Dylan Narpers facing a three-week ban. His teammate Jack Hetherington looking at a, a two-game ban with an early plea um, for a grade one careless high tackle. I thought that was a bit harsh as well. Um, and three g- games, I think, if he fights it and loses. Now, Kane Evans, he's copped a two-match ban. His Warriors teammate... You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order! 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 Yes, the judge has joined us, Greg McCallum. He does it most weeks here on Higher Ground. Welcome, Greg. Thanks. How you doing, mate? I'm going really well, Chris. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Uh, interesting time uh, of the season. Interesting time uh, for a number of other reasons as well. Just looking back at the weekend, wow. Uh, we have got a stack of players uh, charged over the weekend. Um, there are a couple of particularly spiteful games. We'll talk about those in a moment. A uh, lot of players hit with fines and a number of players have been suspended. I'll, I'll rattle through this list. It's quite exhaustive. Now, the Roosters will be without Angus Crichton again uh, for three games for a crusher tackle on uh, Panthers forward Liam Martin. We'll chat about that. Penrith centre, uh, Kurt Capewell, a one game for a crusher tackle. Dragons forward Tarek Sims, he'll miss one game. Careless high tackle. Uh, Bulldogs forward Dylan Narpers facing a three-week ban. His teammate Jack Hetherington looking at a, a two-game ban with an early plea um, for a grade one careless high tackle. I thought that was a bit harsh as well. Um, and three g- games, I think, if he fights it and loses. Now, Kane Evans, he's copped a two-match ban. His Warriors teammate, Matt Lodge, also two weeks. And Dallin Wateni-Zelezniak, uh, I understand he's fighting a contrary conduct charge at the judiciary. And so, too, is uh, Panthers hooker, Appy Corusau. Uh And then what else we got? Manly prop, uh, Toa Sipley, he's accepted a one-match ban for a crusher tackle. Well, I've run out of breath. I think that's it. But my goodness, there's a lot of players missing this weekend and a lot of players, as I say, uh, hit with fines. Firstly, mate, uh, before we go through a couple of those, I particularly want to talk about the Crichton one. Uh, Sledging. Sledging, sledging, sledging. And you know where I'm coming from. Will Chambers, his name was all over the charge sheet at the weekend, uh, playing for Cronulla uh, against the Warriors. Um, now, it resulted in three, his lip, his lip, right? His, his sledging resulted in three Warriors players being charged, including Kane Evans. He was sent to the sin bin twice, on report three times. I don't think I've seen one player on the end of so much hatred in one game for a long, long time. That's got to be up there with some of the best you've seen, Greg. Oh, it was. I found it fascinating watching the game unfold. And, and you know, you all, you felt as though you knew what was going to happen. He, 
He's so good at it, Will Chambers, and he was doing it the week before, and there was some comment made leading into this game. But obviously, target uh, Kate Evans. I don't know the reason why, whether it was some history there or mm. he just targeted him. But uh, Kate Evans uh, fell for it, hook, line and sinker, didn't he? And threw a couple of punches and certainly put some extra effort into a, a body slam that he executed on Will Chambers. Uh, it was It was fascinating to watch. You don't see it very often, uh, but when you do see it, it's quite a telling uh, aspect in the game, isn't it? Yes, and uh, you, you, know, you ask the question, well, is it sportsmanlike? Well, no, um, but it's part of sport, yes. Um, it's been around for donkey's years, but I guess uh, the landscape is changing. We're living in a very different world these days. Um and back in, in back in the day when you were refereeing, well, you want to sledge someone, well, they'll sort of take the law into their own hands. And I guess that's what Kane Evans did a bit, isn't it? He, he yeah. snapped and he, he threw a couple of punches. Exactly. Um, I bet he wishes they landed a bit more flush on, on Chambers' chin, but they didn't. But um, So he's copped a two-game ban, Kane Evans, So first for that punching Chambers and then a separate incident again, which you touched on there, a, a pretty violent head slam on Chambers. Now, Matt Lodge, he also cops a two-week ban for a high tackle on, guess who, Will Chambers. Uh, and Dallin Wateni-Zelezniak, he's going to front the judiciary, as I've said earlier, to avoid a one-match ban over an incident with, guess who, Will Chambers. Now, um, even his own coach, Will, has sort of said, look, he doesn't agree with what he's doing, and the Warriors mm. certainly think that Chambers has stepped right over the line. Is there a line that players can step over? No, oh, definitely. I think um, in all of these things, there is there is a limit in what um, you should be able to do and and get away with it. Uh, I suppose the, the telling factor is the Warriors got the points. Uh, Will Chambers' team didn't. And I suppose the fact that his own coach came out and was quite critical of that sort of style of behaviour, I think, is the, the key that came out of it. Uh, look, it, it's happened. It happened back when I was refereeing Chris, um, the the difference was back in my era, if you had sledging going on and it was affecting what was going on in the game, we had the control and we had the power to do something about it. And players were sent to the sin bin for sledging because the referee felt, and if the referee felt... Oh, is that right? You've said... Of the game, I didn't, yeah, know absolutely. didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. If the referee felt the control was being taken away from him, which it did happen a little bit on the weekend, didn't it? Because there were incidents in so many aspects of the game uh, that the player was sent to the bin. And I think that was uh, was something that was a good tool we had. It didn't stop players saying things, uh, Chris, of course. Mm. But um, and, and there were some good sledges back in, in my day. Um, I bet there were. Who were some of the good ones? Or yeah, not, not uh, well, I shouldn't great, put it great. like that. Who were the notorious sledges? Tugger Coleman was... <laughs> probably the best. Uh, he just got in under everybody's skin and, and it was more the way he delivered things. And, and they weren't personal attacks. It was more about um, um, something had gone on in the game if the player had dropped the ball or couldn't handle the pressure or whatever. Um, and of course, I had Benny Elias and Mario Fennick playing against each other all the time. So yeah. <laughs> there was plenty being said. Um, but again, you know, if, if we said that enough's enough, they generally stopped it. The only problem I had the only guy I had a problem with was Andy Gregory, the English halfback um, that came out here and played with the Steelers because you couldn't understand what he was saying. No, I thought you were about he to say He just rattled that. off yes. and, and players was asking me, what's he saying? Such a, such a saying? strong, I said, I strong Northern English accent. <laughs> I know exactly what I you said, mean. I, yeah. Ricky Stewart. Uh, look, look, Ricky Stewart was a bit of a sledger too, I think, in his day. 
Oh yeah, Ricky was was clever. Ricky was very clever. And look, the good ones don't say too many words. It's the the ones that ramble on. Everyone just dismisses. But some of some players, they were very very good at getting to the core of what they wanted to say to try and put their opponent off. And that's what sledging's all about, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Okay. All right, well, I guess, you know, there is a line that they shouldn't step over, and particularly uh, these days with no crowds there. The mic, the ref's mic and the TV mics, they're picking every little sound up, so you want to be yeah. careful with what does come out of your lips because it will be for public consumption. If I change tack a, a little bit, um, Greg, uh, talking to Greg McCallum, by the way, um, Graham Annesley, NRL head of, uh, head of football, um, he's spoken today, and uh, we've got a couple of repeat offenders in that long list I gave you earlier, one of which is Jack Hetherington, right? He's got a rap sheet as long as your arm. Um, let's firstly hear what Annesley has to say. Our players get through their careers without ever troubling the judiciary, uh, but we have got some players through technique or aggression or whatever it might be, and there's nothing wrong with controlled aggression, but... Uh, when it's uh, when it goes beyond controlled aggression and breaches the rules, then uh, the referees and the match review committee and judiciary generally have got a responsibility to come down on that because we're trying to protect the players who are not offending and we're trying to protect the players who are offended against. So uh, it's a it is a disturbing trend. It's one that um, I hope um, is a bit of a glitch and will settle down over the next few weeks. Uh, but one thing's certain is that. Things won't be backing off. Uh, so the referees and the match review committee, uh, this is none of these things that I've just run you through as, are as a result of any crackdown. This is just what happened in the normal course of play. Well, there is Gra- Graham Annesley. Uh, they're speaking about repeat offenders, and uh, obviously Jack Hetherington. He's got some issues. Look, I think he was harshly dealt with. I, I don't think he uh, deserved to be charged with a Grade One careless high tackle for the incident um, at the weekend, but. Can I ask you this, Greg? Um, players that do have history, it must be hard, and you were head of the match review, it must be hard to ignore all that history and just focus on this this pure incident in isolation. Surely it comes into your thinking, your mindset, that you're dealing with a player that has got a, a pretty reckless charge seat. Well, you do, but, but what tends to balance it out is that you tend to look you know, really deeply into the incident itself. So you make sure that you're going to come up with a um, something that's um, according to the code, which you've always got to fall back on, but also that's fair in, in determining things. I agree. I don't think there was terribly much wrong with the tackle. Um, but Hetherington's problem is he's been charged numerous times over the last three years. 75% of the charges are careless high tackles. And that's what's He's hanging by that at the moment. And in the last sort of three or four months, it's now compounding into a charge will eventually give him three, four weeks out of the game. And a couple of players at the moment are going into the last few weeks of the competition um, really against the wall in terms of their loading, carryover points. Angus Crichton's an example of that. I'll touch, a players, I'll touch on Angus in a moment. I'll touch on Angus in a if I can. Sorry for jumping in there. Just back on on Hetherington. Can I ask you? And this is a tricky question, right? This is a tricky question. If it is Billy Bloggs with a clean rap sheet that um, had that slightly high tackle yesterday, um, if it's him and not Jack Hetherington, does he get sin binned? 
Oh, look, I, I think that's it's an interesting comment. I think people believe that's the case. Um, I wouldn't say that's the case in terms of refereeing the bunker and the match review committee all conspiring together to come up with a charge with him. I think each operates on its own. Um, I didn't think there was a great deal in the tackle. That's that's just my view on that particular tackle um, that he's been charged with and has copped the, the compounding penalty. Um, but other tackles he's done in, in throughout the year, I think, have warranted yeah. charges. It just happened to be that tackle, uh, to me... Look, at the moment, any tackle, any contact with the head is going to come under the view and licence of the match review committee and the bunker's doing their job in making sure that they don't get missed. All right, mate, finally, just on Angus Crichton, I've got a lot of Roosters fans via text and I've read on social media, they're blowing up um, and you might want to explain it to them because you know more about it than most of us. It was only a grade one crusher tackle on Liam Martin. And I thought that, look, honestly, I thought that was over the top. I don't think there was anything you'd do about it. But it's a grade one crusher, but he's uh, he's gone for three weeks. Just explain why that is. Uh, the loading coming on top of uh, recent charges. He, he missed origin, of course, through um, suspension. And, you know, you've got carryover points um, there and of course the loading on top of the charge so mm. one match turns quickly into three at, at that stage of the culmination of points uh, again you know there, I think there were three players charged with crusher tackles uh, that will serve suspensions yeah. over the weekend and, and I think that's a worrying trend in the game at the moment because it's saying to me that the technique of taking players to the ground has changed mm. so the players are actually pulling them to the ground and once you start pulling the player to the ground um, and Angus Crichton did do this. And I've got to say that I agree with the charge in this case. He actually spread his legs mm. so that his weight was transferred onto the back of the neck of the player. And that's why he was charged with a crusher tackle. Mm. All right, mate, I appreciate your perspective on all, all things uh, re-offences and charges and all that sort of stuff. And always, always good to chat to you, mate. So we'll, we'll try and do it again next week if we can. My absolute pleasure. Great stuff, great stuff. There is uh, Greg McCallum, uh, a friend of the show, and he joins us most weeks here on Higher Ground. Now, particularly, uh, I'm asking your thoughts on this, our Wood Duck of the Week award, all right? Um, after our next break, I think early on in the, in the next hour, we are going to uh, go through the nominees for Wood Duck of the Week. So far, I have Kane Evans for being Sinbin twice in a match. And Kane Evans gets a second nomination also mm. for throwing two punches at Will Chambers, but not really throwing them with enough gusto to bruise a grape. Okay, so Kane's in twice. We've also then got Aaron Woods, the Cronulla stand-in captain, for telling the referee that he's taking, uh, not taking the two points on offer to level the scores against the Warriors. And uh, we've also got Josh Hannay, who gave the instructions uh, to Aaron Woods to not take the two and level the scores against the Warriors. So there's three nominations, or four if you count Kane Evans twice. Keep them coming through. Um, you need to do it in the next five minutes or ten minutes or so if we are to uh, put any credence or value into your contribution. Also, join us on the line, though. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line number. Mark's there from Wollongong. How are you, Mark? Yeah, mate. Wood Ducks of the Week is uh, just seeing my dragon struggle for the last four weeks. Yeah. With those wood duck, pelicans, selfish um, clowns, um, what the, they did to our season. The bar- they they, they, they screwed our season. 
Barbecue gate. Yeah, yeah, they ruined our they ruined our season, Chris. We were we were coming off two wins. We were seventh. Yeah. We weren't going to win the competition, but we were going to overachieve, yeah. and they ruined our season. Yeah, how many were there? Twelve, weren't there? Twelve of them. So, Whoa. well, we've Whoa. only got we've only got the one wood duck mask. So we've got Daffy Duck. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like, I mean, yeah, you can't really, yeah, you can't really tell much from that. But it's basically, Mark, it's a it's a hideous looking mask, and we we send it off to the winner or the mm. loser of the award, and they they send it back to us, and we put it through the COVID tests and all that, clean it up, and we yeah. we go again. So I could get twelve of them. Was there twelve or thirteen? But what? But what I wanted to talk about mm. was expansion. Yes, um, on the back burner. Oh, this is w- yeah, on the back burner. But this is where I think the strengths and weaknesses of Peter Valenti. Peter's strengths are keeping the game going and pushing ahead with expansion when everyone says no. So people will watch the game against the Tigers and the Bulldogs and say there's not enough quality first-rate players to make another team. Yeah. But... My view on expansion is, it's a bit like when you buy your, your house, Chris. You look around and you go, geez, I might be paying a bit too much. But you know what? In 10 years' time, you go, geez, I'm glad I bought that house then. Expansion's the same in Brisbane. And this is why we need Peter to stand up and go, let's put a stake in the ground. And you know what? If the team doesn't have great on-field results, whatever, that's not the, that's not the problem. You just got to have them there as a presence, and that's what we need to forge. Don't listen to the media, the social media, the the NRL people on Fox or Wide World of Sport that say we can't do this because it's not enough talent. Don't worry about that. We've got to have a presence. And when you were playing, Chris, there was twenty-two teams in the competition, wasn't there? Oh well, two competitions weren't there. It split back then for a while. Um, did it well, ever get well, up? well, well, well. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, well, had, had the well, 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 not well. Nineteen ninety-five before Super League, there was twenty. The four yeah. teams came in: Perth, North Queensland, South East Queensland, Warriors. and the Warriors. Yeah. Then, then we had obviously the sacrificial teams of the Hunter Marys, which really was there only for a, a pay TV fight, and Adelaide, there was Adelaide, Adelaide which, Rams. You know, yeah. But but we had twenty. So you're telling me 26 years later we can't add an extra team? Yeah, but Mark, you, you could argue the point, mate, couldn't you, that how many of those teams are no longer with us? Why Why would that be? Okay, okay. You, you were a Perth person. Yep. You played for Perth. Yep. Perth were a sacrificial land, Chris. Don't tell me Perth wouldn't have survived. No, I Don't won't. Don't tell no, me I they won't. wouldn't have. I won't tell you that because they would have survived. So take Perth out of the equation uh, because I, I I know intimately what went on in that club and, and why they were a sacrificial land. But the likes of um, the Mariners, the likes of the Rams, look, in the, in the end, I, I, I take your point on board, Marco, um, your analogy about the housing market. My, my point would be this. You currently have, what, 16 teams times, uh, what, 30 players in a squad, which works out at about, what, 500 players, let's say. Uh, we want to bring in another 30 or 40 or 50 players with an extra team. Um, how many houses are there in that Brisbane market? There's a whole lot more than 500, if you get my point, and there's a whole mo- lot more land to build on as well. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not listening to the media. I'm part of the media. I don't want to water it down too much. I really don't. But on Peter Vlandis, oh, on Peter Vlandis, if you, his his strong point, um, and you've touched on it, is leadership. 
right? And and without Vlandis, you know, we may have lost the fight. We may not be still going. But I, what I do like about Peter, he yes, he's a leader, and you know, he's got savvy, um, he's got charisma, but he always l- bases his decisions based on on data. Always comes back to numbers. And he's a really good numbers man. So at the end of the day, whether you can extend this cake or this pie and, and add another team, you can bet your bottom dollar that Vlandis is he's done his maths and it, it must make sense, you know? Well, I'll, I'll just say this, Chris. Okay, okay, I'll play devil's advocate. Aerial ping pong, whatever you call it, I don't like the game. But I tell you what, mm. if we don't make a move, they will. True. Okay, that's the big thing. We've got, this is where the short-sightedness of rugby league really grates me. I love the game, right? Why wouldn't you put another team there? Now, you've got a, t- a city of two and a half million, an Olympic-sized city mm-hmm. with one side in it. Don't look at the Broncos' result now. That does not equate to anything. Well, well I, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not term. sure, Mark, I'm not sure where, where, where you're coming, though. I mean, they haven't said no to expansion. I'm pretty sure still a team will come in in, in 2024. Oh, Have oh, I not read the latest? Oh, oh. No, I, I, I'm agreeing with you, Chris, but I'm just saying, I'm hoping, this is where I like Peter Volandi's leadership. He doesn't listen to the naysayers, because it will come. Like you, I watched the Tigers and Bulldogs yesterday. It was a terrible game. True. It was. Yep. But let's not look at the short side. Or some people even have their things where they go, oh, but the Broncos are going, well, why would you want to dilute it? Mm. Hello, the Broncos have had a monopoly. Yeah, well, another team and, and, in Brisbane might might just be the, the little tickle up the Broncos need, you know. Maybe they've had it a little bit too comfortable for too long. Mark, thanks for your call, mate. You speak sense, you always do, and always feel free, mate, to jump on the Al Capone. Uh, appreciate your, you. Appreciate your call, Mark. Thanks for a uh, friend of the show. You know, he's got, he's got a valid point there mm. too. But, you know, I, I, I haven't got a problem with expansion. So long as it's based on data, so long as, you know, the numbers are crunched and uh, there's no better person to crunch numbers than Peter Vlandis. Um, re oh, Broncos. Look, I think another team there will, will actually help the Broncos, mm. not just on the field but commercially as well. You can just sort of get a little bit stale, can't you? A little bit complacent. Seen that in other sports <clears throat> coming in, GWS coming into the comp, saw Sydney and yeah, do really what well a massive, in the, in the what aerial a, ping pong. What a massive in that ping pong you're talking about. Um, and not talking about Bangkok here. I'm talking about AFL, right? With that, that big yeah. hold, right? What a massive financial leg up mm. the Giants were given by the AFL. Millions and millions and millions of dollars poured into that club to make it a successful. And it is successful now. Mm. Um, and where did they attack? Rugby League Heartland, mm. Western Sydney. They They were doing the number crunching. They could see the expansion. Western Sydney, the fastest growing area on the planet. Mm. Well, in the state, this country. Yes. You know, so, um, but I, I do agree with putting it on the back burner. I don't, I, we've got enough balls in the air juggling at the moment, haven't yeah. we? To rush in another club because, okay, you might think 2023, oh, it's, it's, it's not that far away, you know. No. We were at the end of this season, basically. No, it's two seasons. It's less than right? two Right, and you need, a good, you need a good 12 months lead in mm. for that club to, you know, structure itself and get everything in place. So I think everyone will just cool your heels a bit. And yeah. um, I don't think they said no to it. They've just pushed it back and it won't be happening in 2023. Which I think is a, a smart decision. So do I. Mm. So you and I aren't arguing. No. I don't even think you were arguing with Mark. No, no. I think you were I just fired we're... up.
I wasn't. Both of you are fired up. No, it's good. Not at all. No, that's not. No, fired no, no, up. no, no, no. No, Marco, I like Marco. He's a good fellow. He sends it lots of passionate. texts. In. It was an impassioned conversation. And do you know what? That's what we want from our listeners. I would like to get into the Wood Duck of the Week at some point, maybe after this break. Okay, so this, ladies and gentlemen, this is your last chance. All right, last chance to weigh in on the Wood Duck of the Week award. All right, so far. So far, the nominees for the Wood Duck of the Week, and we're going to give it away. We're going to send this mask off, uh, postage paid and sealed. We're going to send it off, but you have one more chance to give us a nominee. So far, the nominees are Aaron Woods, Cronulla captain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, we're applauding you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, nominee two uh, is uh, Kane Evans. Kane Evans, yes? <laughs> oh, yeah, I like Kane too. I love it. I think he's a good fella, good fella, throws a good punch. Uh, nomination number number three. Number, yeah, chill out. Number yeah, three. Number three is uh, Kane Evans. Yes, yeah, Kane Evans again gets another one. Right. Yeah, here's my favourite. And uh, okay, okay, we've got uh, we've got one more for you, one more nominee for you. Okay, and nominee number four is interim Cronulla coach Josh Hannay. Yeah, you like that? You like that one? And, Very good. Okay, now what we're asking our listeners out there, you've got about five minutes, all right? Send through, text them through 0457 736 736. We will be awarding the Wood Duck of the Week after this. Yeah, great to have your company tonight. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, we're just rambling on a bit. Most of what we talk about is rugby league. And uh, at the moment, well, we're talking about sledging, we're talking about wood ducks. Uh, what else are we talking about? We're going to be talking about the run to the finals mm. eventually as well and love you to get involved with us as well. Send those uh, final nominations, final nominations for the Wood Duck of the Week, all right? We've got Kane Evans twice. We've got Josh Hannay and Aaron Woods are currently in the bank mm. of nominees and uh, uh, we'll go to the Wood Duck of the Week award shortly. But jump on the line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line number as I look up to the open line and uh, we go there now. Uh, Jim, how are you? Mate, our, our friend Jim from Canterbury is on the line. How are you, buddy? Hello. No, not there. I'm here, brother. Are you there, Jim? You there, Jim? Jim? No, I, I don't think Jim can hear me. But if you want to join us, uh, there. no, is he there now? Let's try him again. Let's try him again, shall we? Jimmy from Canterbury. Hang on, let's go there. Are you there, Jim? Can you hear me? No. He still can't hear me. Anyway, join us if you can. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is that open line number. 0457-736-736. Going to talk to uh, Steve Renoff uh, as well a bit later in this hour. Um, the Broncos, I think, I think it's fair to say, isn't it, that they are getting better each week, certainly from where they came from. They've had their own injury runs. We know all that. Um, and there's players have, have fallen out of favour and, and moved on. Trouble for Queen, for the Bronx, is I guess the instability, the chopping and changing in the halves. It certainly hasn't helped, uh, nor has the injury to Katoni Staggs. So he's only played a half, well, half a dozen, not even, I don't think, games for the Broncos this year. I'll... Um, I'll talk to Stevie Renoff about that and also you know, about uh, Kevy Walters and his comments that he, that I'm pretty sure he says that if Katoni Staggs was um, there for the full season, Broncos make the eight this year. 
I think that might be a little bit ambi- ambitious. What what say you? Uh, get in touch with the program. Jimmy, are you there? Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, Chris. How are you, brother? It's good for you to get involved. I, I was trying to speak to you before, yes. but maybe... Yeah, maybe I was pushing that's the wrong all right. button. Oh, my blood's boiling, Chris. What was wrong with that Crichton tackle? There was nothing wrong with it. He put him down gentle, but what it is, Hutchinson leaned on him. They even said on 360. And they said, oh, Crusher, you know, Liam Martin made out he's dead. And before that, Liam Martin tried to spear, he tried to spear Hutchinson into the ground. All he gets is a fine. Then you got kick out in the same game. He did a Crusher tackle on Manu. No penalty. No whatever it is. A suspension. And what about when Tedesco got tackled an inch near the line? They wanted an hour to get off him. No sin bin, no penalty from Jared Sutton. I thought he had a terrible game, the referee. Yeah. You know, I pin with one, fair enough, fair enough, but give us a fair go, you know. Well, it's the case of your boys are getting hard hard done by again by the referees, yeah. isn't it, Jim? You, your roosters. Yeah, and what about, Chris, what about Crichton the other week? He got suspended for lashing out at Munster. How many yes. times yep. has Munster lashed out? No, nothing, nothing, because they need him for origin. Yeah, well, I, I'm sort of on the same page with you there again, Jim. You yeah, and no, I, give you us know, a fair go, all right. You and I, we often agree on things, Jim. I, 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 I'm, I rank, and you stuck up for Crichton. Crichton never did either. They said on the uh, 360. No, I agree with you. Mate, I agree with you. I think, I think he's been hard done by. I tell you what, Drew, oh, Drew, that's Drew, crook. Drew Hutchinson, he's he's always involved in these conversations with yeah, you. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, I, I agree with know. you. There was not much that... In my opinion, there's no. not much that Angus Crichton... He's trying to, but he, he sort of leaned on uh, um, Crichton and he's got his arm stuck. They said on 360, he said he shouldn't have been suspended. Yeah. But he couldn't fight it because, you know, you get four weeks on that, you know. Mm. Well, you know I what? Know. You know what Angus can do, Jim, in, in, the, um, sort yeah. of in the jovial stakes, right? So I agree with you. So we, we can't even argue about this because I agree with everything you've said so far. I, I don't think that the referees go out there intending to be... Um, oh, no, no. Uh, adjudicating any differently with the Roosters than any other club. One thing with no. Angus Crichton, though, I don't know if you saw over the weekend, Jim. Did you watch the Parramatta game? Parramatta and South? Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? I'm just talking about the Parramatta captain, right? Gufferson. Oh, uh, Gufferson. Yes. Yeah. Did you notice his, his uh, melon, Jim? Did you notice his melon? Some, something missing off his melon. Do you notice the man off bun? His melon? What do you get? The head, the man bun's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, he cut his hair, yeah. What do you well, think he's about probably that? like Samson now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Remember they cut Samson's hair? Look what happened to him. Yes, yes. Um, what I'm suggesting, Jim, what about Angus now that he's going to have a couple of weeks off? Uh, well, we can't go to the barbers, I guess. Well, he can fix his eye up. He always gets cut around the eye, you know, but uh, mm. I don't know. You know, I like to go back to round three when Penrith played Canberra and Crichton hit that clock stead around the head. Nothing was done, right? Nothing said. The bloke's out for the year. Operation, you don't know if he's coming back. He's you know, coming but, back. you know, mm-hmm. Penrith's soon to get away with murder. All right, Jim. Well, there, you've, you've said it again. The Panthers getting away with murder. But um, I thought you were going to talk to me about Jared Warrior Hargreaves and saying he shouldn't have yeah, got sent. Jared, yeah, Jared got sin bin. But, Chris, haven't you heard the news? They're arresting him this week. He's got a broken finger. The other hand's double size, and he's got a sore knee. You've got to give him a rest. Fair enough. You know, what can you do? Absolutely. They're in the semis. It depends how they go from there. Yeah. It's been a long you season, know? Jimmy. It's been a long season for your boys, and they keep punching. So, um, Well, you know, they've done well, Chris. They're in the eight. Look how many players are at. Absolutely. They've got about 10 blokes out. What can you do? Jim, once again, mate, I agree with everything you said. Thanks for calling, Chant. We'll talk again soon, all right? 
All right, brother. Thank yeah. you, Chris. All right, there is Jimmy from Canterbury. He's a friend of the uh, the program, friend of the show, friend uh, friend of the uh, friend of the show, the station, Jimmy. Um, and don't always agree with Jimmy too, by the way. But uh, tonight I'm I'm in a feeling in an agreeable sort of mood. Well, duck. Yeah, he's got you feeling sympathy for the roosters. No, it's quite miraculous. No, really. No, there's no sympathy for the roosters. <laughs> no. uh, I do feel for those players that have been forced into yes. retirement. I, I certainly do feel for that. But you know, uh, they've got plenty of depth. All right, uh, we're going to do this. We will win. Wood Duck of the Week, and you have played a part in this. So the nominees again are Kane Evans. Uh, for being sin-binned twice in the same match and placed on report three times in the same match. Kane Evans is nominee A. Nominee B is Kane Evans uh, from the Warriors uh, for throwing two punches. He's got a very good long reach, uh, throwing two good left-hand long-reach punches. I say good, inverted commas, but not really landing properly on the chin. Needs to get some lessons from Harry Garside. Yes, yes, he does. So uh, Will Chambers probably needed maybe a little clip on the chin and um, Kane didn't quite reach him. All right, so mm. nominee B is Kane Evans. Nominee C is Aaron Woods, the standing Cronulla captain, mm. for failing to take the two points uh, and levelling the scores against the Warriors at the weekend. And uh, that's nominee C. Nominee D is interim Cronulla coach Josh Hannay mm. for giving Aaron Woods the instructions to play on. Don't take mm. the two. And this week's winner of the Wood Duck of the Week Award we will win. is Josh Hannay. And he also Ooh. put his hand up and accepted full responsibility. You're listening to Higher Ground better if I turn you on, isn't it? Good to have your company. Welcome back to uh, the show. We'll be here, uh, what's it coming to, uh, 27 minutes past 10. We'll be here up until uh, midnight. Again, taking your calls, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line number, or you can send a text. 0457 736 736 is that text line. Uh, and Jacko from uh, New Zealand. And again, welcome to our listeners over there on SENZ. Um, Jacko from Across the Ditch. He says, Jim speaks the most sensible all callers on the station. That's, that Samson comment made me laugh too. Chuckle, chuckle. Uh, me too, Jacko. Thank you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. And keep those texts coming through, and uh, I will read as many out as I possibly can, so long as they're not, uh, you know, they're not too crude, um, not too rude, and uh, well, they don't have to be about rugby league. All right, now time for this. Time for the final countdown. Yeah, there are uh, five very nervous teams at the moment hovering around the top eight cutoff mark with uh, four rounds to play before the NRL finals. And uh, just two points separating teams from 7th to 11th on the NRL ladder. The Warriors and the West Tigers are mathematically still a chance of going beyond round 25, uh, but that's about as likely as me being crowned this year's most eligible bachelor. So let's take a look at the final countdown. 
The Storm looks to have one hand on the minor premiership with a two-point buffer at the top of the ladder. Melbourne would have to drop two of their remaining four games for the minor premiership to go to either the Panthers or the Bunnies. I've got the fourth-placed Eels finishing sixth on the ladder, either Manly or the Roosters sealing fourth and with it a second bite at the Cherry in the finals. And then it gets very interesting, doesn't it? As I say, five teams in contention for the remaining two spots in the finals. The Titans, Raiders and Knights all on 20 competition points. The Titans have a far superior for and against, but they do play South this weekend and then the Melbourne Storm before a crunch game against Newcastle. If they lose all three, well, they could be gone. To be locked in, the Raiders need to win at least two of their final four games. They play the Storm on Thursday, then Manly, the Warriors and the Roosters. The Knights have the softest run home, win three from four, and they book a place in the finals. Two from four might even be enough. They play the Sharks, the Bulldogs, the Titans and the Broncos, but they do have a woeful four and against. A loss to the Warriors means Cronulla must now win three of its final four games. This weekend's clash against the Knights really is a four-point game if ever there was one and just about must win. And like the Sharks, the Dragons would also need to win at least three of their final four up against the Panthers, the Roosters, the Cowboys and Souths. But if you think the Red V will make the cut, you might also believe in the Tooth Fairy. Well, joining us tonight on Higher Ground, it's a very good evening and welcome to Timmy Manor, uh, the host of uh, Spirit of Sport on SEN. How are you, Timmy? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How you doing, Chris? Mate, I'm good. Now, we've got to probably stop bumping into each other so often. I mean, we uh, we worked together on the weekend. Here we are again now. And I've got to say, T Manor, it was an absolute pleasure calling that game with you. Uh, when was it? Last Thursday. Thursday, yeah. I've had a little sneak peek at this week's schedule. I think we're on again this Thursday, mate. Well, they've put us back together. Uh, I mean, I think we, we're going to be you know, up against uh, you know Jimmy Smith and the mob next door, but I, I'm, I'm, I've got no doubt who the A-team is. Eh? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's been good, mate. I've, I've enjoyed my week so far. And, and how's yours going, mate? Going good. Going good. So um, kids have been doing the homeschooling. That's always a – you're not ready for that, you know. Yours are a bit younger. Ah, uh, no. Thank goodness. <laughs> let's look back, Timmy. Uh, let's look back on uh, on the matches over the weekend. Then your boys, the Eels. Um, that was the only real. Well, well, there was another towel up too. The uh, the Titans too good for the Cowboys, but the the Eels on the end of a, a pretty heavy um, loss to South Sydney. Mitchell Moses back on deck. That's a good sign. But uh, Reed Marnie, he's now gone for the season. Uh, the Eels, buddy. I, I hate to say it, but they they're sort of wobbling at the business end. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a wobble. Um, you know, the, it was pretty concerning when they, they lost to Canberra a couple of weeks ago, which was a pretty important game because they, they had a tough run coming up. Um, and then obviously Roosters and South last two weeks have really taught us um, a lesson and how to play some, you know, end of season footy. Uh, that said, I, I don't, I'm not buying into the whole, it's all doom and gloom. You know, I think there's still, um, you know, four rounds of footy before the finals. And the reality is we're in the finals, we're in a good position, position. So, our faith is pretty much in our own hands now. Mm. 
Well, it's happened before, though, hasn't it? And this is what I guess Eels fans are dreading again. Oh, hello, hello, deja vu. We're, we're you know, going well, and then we sort of fade out at the back end. Uh, let's hear from Brad Arthur. He spoke on, on bad finishes at the, at the end of seasons. But sort of late in the season, it's been a bit of an issue the last few years, Brad. Like, what are your sort of thoughts on the club's form late in late in? Um, oh, the last, you know, the last couple of games, we, we yeah, we haven't been good. So you know, we need to, we can't panic. Um, done a lot of work early to get ourselves in a in a reasonable position, but we, you know, we just need to to work out what we need to do and get right for next week. There is, what do they need to improve on, Timmy? In your opinion? Oh, mate, I think. It's it's a hard one because the attack, the attack know, looks I, very predictable. I, I think attack's predictable, and, and the biggest concern I think is also the defences. But you know they've let in a lot of tries in the last two weeks. Um, you know I, I came out last week and said you know the, the criticism of Brad's probably been a bit harsh in terms of you know there's still plenty of free to go this year. But um, you know I think the reality is he. It's his team, it's his squad, so um, you know he, he needs them to band together for him if um, he's going to prove a lot of those critics wrong. What about the Bunnies, Timmy? Um, have you seen enough from them to suggest that they they could take out the title this year? Oh, absolutely. I think they're they're a huge. They're, they've gone from dark horses to probably, in my mind, second in line. I think um, mm. obviously Melbourne's the the go-to and, and the one that's going to be hard to beat. But um, South on their day, there's definitely not a team in the comp that they can't beat on their day. So South and mine are, are in great form. The coach, Wayne Bennett, just seems to know what to do and when to do it. You saw, we saw a bit of it last year in, um, in Origin. You saw what he could do with a team mm. um, that probably wasn't as qualified as the Blues. And um, you know, and even with South, they lost to the Trout Mitchell last year and he still got him firing toward the end of the year. It's all about yeah, it's all about timing too, isn't it? And then the good coaches oh, know how right, to do absolutely. it. You, you get the sort of feeling that um, you get the feeling that Penrith maybe their, their peak may have gone. I know they've had injury worries and Origin sort of rattled them a bit, but uh, the Bunnies, you sort of get the feeling that they're they're still building, aren't they? Yeah, you know, you look at oh, you know, Cleary's still out, so you got to. such a key play for that Penrith team, so I'm looking. You can't be too harsh on the Penrith side, but you look at South and the way Wayne just gets them firing at the right time. If, they have no injuries and they can get, you know, Alex Johnson back and stay healthy. They're, they're going to be very hard to beat. Um, but you're right, mate. Timing is so important. And that's, I think that's probably the, the pill it's hard for power fans to swallow is, is seeing Wayne and team play, teams like that, you know, start to really drop a gear now. And uh, unfortunately, for power, it looks like we've dropped a couple of years. Yeah, and there's a fairy tale storyline too. If, if, if it's going to be written, I don't know. But obviously, Adam Reynolds moving on, Wayne moving on. Gagai moving on. And talking of Adam Reynolds, uh, you would have played against him many, many times. Um, what an achievement for him, breaking the club's all-time point-scoring record and uh, doing it in his final season at Redfern. Yeah, it's like I was, I'm a, I'm a one-team one player and it actually mm. makes me a bit sad to think that you know Adam Reynolds is going to have to go. You know, I think um, there's a lot of people in, in the rugby league who would love to see him you know, get a bit of an extension and finish his career at the South at the South Club, but it's not to be, and I, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the fact that he's going and Wayne's going, and there's, there's um, you know, a, a bit of emotion there. I think they're going to um, harp on that and make sure that they really do their best to send everyone out a winner. Mm. Okay, so you've said you reckon you've got South Sydney almost on the second line of betting for the Premiership. Melbourne on top. Uh, Penrith maybe getting the wobbles, but without Nathan Cleary, 
What about Manly? What did you see from them at the weekend? Did you like what you saw? I know they didn't get the victory against Melbourne, but, uh, gee, they, they gave them a run for their money. I loved what I saw. I think um, I think Des is getting those boys in the sheds after that game, and he's happy with what he saw, I think. You can even tell with the way, you know, Daddy Cherry Evans after the game, the way he interviewed, and they, they seemed content. that They knew that... Um, they lost the game, but they knew that they gained a lot of um, confidence for the next time they play him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if they do meet again for business end of the season, uh, Melbourne have got to on their toes because if there's a team that can knock them off, it's it's Manly in the way they play. So, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, you know, if they, if they end up finishing fourth, which is a big possibility, they could um, be facing Storm week one of the finals, which would be an outstanding, outstanding game. What are your thoughts on that? Do you want to finish fourth and face Melbourne week one of the finals, uh, which, you know, or do you want to finish fifth and not face Melbourne yeah. week one of the finals, if you know what I mean? Oh, There's such a big gap between the top six and the rest of the competition now. So you think whoever finishes seventh or eighth, they just make up the numbers. Um, so to finish fifth or sixth and then play, you know, week a week team, getting a bit of confidence with a win and going to the next week with a bit of a spring step, Mm. You, you think that's probably you know more of an advantage than having a really tough game against the Melbourne Storm outfit and, and you know trying to lick your wounds and come wounds and come back together next week and get up against a team that's really confident. Mm. Uh, you also lose the home ground advantage. You know that's always been the big thing at the top four is you get the home ground advantage. But up in Queensland, it's just yeah. it's uh, even Stevens. Yeah, well that that advantage has pretty much been thrown out the window, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I thought Manly uh, Manly showed a bit of a blueprint that they they might know how to um, how to sort of compete against the Storm, um, and then the Storm also sort of showed a, a blueprint on how they uh, they can stop uh, the almost unstoppable Tommy Turbo. Yeah, they, they did a good job with Tommy. In that that said, Tommy still did some pretty amazing things in that game. Absolutely, yeah. a quality team. Um, yeah, I, I just I'd love to see a rematch of those two teams, and I think the thing that what Des will probably be thinking, and he's, he, it's hard to beat the Storm twice in the in the space of a few weeks. You know, they they know they're probably going to play him again, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, so I think it's probably the best best result for them is to lose the game, yet still get a lot of confidence knowing that they can knock them off um, if the circumstances really go their way. Well, they could, you know, they they could play each other. If I've got my my machinations right, they could play each other twice again. If uh, Manly do finish fourth, yeah, and let's say they lost to Melbourne, they could then win second week and uh, play Melbourne again in the grand final. I think. Anyway, look, that's a, that's a long way down the track. Matty Johns has said he thinks the Storm is slowing down a bit. Um, do you do you, do you think he's right there? And and do you know where he's coming from? Oh, mate, even if they were, they've got enough firepower in there to fire when, when there's a lot to play for. Um, it's probably natural to think that that to be on top of your game, they, they've still won so many in a row. They're, they're flying and sure, maybe they dropped off a little bit, but if you told them today it's, it's do or die for ball and final footy, you watch them lift another another level, another gear. And they, they've got that in them. So um, I wouldn't be too concerned if I was Craig Bellamy. I think uh, he's in a really good space at the moment. Yeah, no, they are. They're all. They're travelling really, really well. You weren't much of a sledger, were you, Timmy? You've seen uh, Will Chambers, what he's been up to over the weekend, and or make that over his whole playing career. Who were some of the better sledgers in your team, or that you played against? Some of the I shouldn't say better, the notorious sledgers. Well, I played with with and against a couple of them. Uh, one of them is a fellow SEN 
caller, uh, Brett Finch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the greats. He, he, he can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles. He, yes. Some of the stuff he would come up with was gold. Yes. Um, and Corey Norman was another one who would always have to give the gab. All um, right. And they, they remind me a lot of each other. Very similar personalities, those two. Um, yeah, 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 those two are probably the two standouts. All right. All right, buddy, I appreciate you jumping on the line, Timmy. And uh, I will, uh, I think, I'll be, I'll be back in the commentary uh, booth with you on Thursday night. And I think we're going to be calling the Storm and the Raiders. So I look forward to doing that. Sounds good, mate. See you then. All right, buddy. Thanks, mate. There he is. Timmy Manor. Yeah. He is, of course, a host of Spirit of Sport on SEN. And keep those keep those texts coming through as well. Uh, we were asking earlier on for the Wood Duck of the Week award nominees, uh, and we got a few nominees. Uh, a couple of them we couldn't actually read out, but the winner the winner of the Wood Duck of the Week. It's not really a winner, is it? Um, you couldn't say you're winning that award because it's you're awarded. Quite rather derogatory. Is it derogatory? Well, I guess. Yeah, it? I think. Yeah, it's, it's all a bit of fun. I was having a chat to my young boy today. So homeschooling. Mm. You haven't. Reached, oh, how's that going? You haven't. Reached, no, oh, no, it's no, going, no. God. So I've got a fourteen-year-old girl, fourteen-year-old, right? So she's all right. She gets yeah. on with her own stuff. I think there's a lot of giggling carrying on from her bedroom, right? I just don't think she's doing her schoolwork, but she tells me, "No, Dad, I'm doing it. I've done all that. Homework. No, I did that. I did that in class." Oh. All right, so anyway, they have the Zooms and all that. Anyway, so I stay out trust of it. Trust her. Let's trust her. Yeah, trust her. She's she is the responsible one. Yeah. Out of the three, then I got a twelve-year-old boy, and uh, stir crazy. No, he yeah. just wants to play footy. Yeah, 100%. he wants to throw. Him, he wants to throw himself around his bedroom. You know, <laughs> so, WWE. Oh, so I go in. I sneak into his room. So he's got his desk and he's got his laptop. He's got his phone, and I try and confiscate the phone. But no, Dad, I need that. I need that for Google Classroom or whatever. I said, oh. So I reckon he's pulling one over my eyes. So he goes out to get something to eat. I sneak in and get the phone and, oh, it's just Instagram. It's yeah, Snapchat. Snapchat. It's nah, all in Get rid of that. Yeah. But the, the, the height of him. You mm. don't tell lies yeah. to your dad. Did you ever lie to your parents? Oh. Yeah. So, not on radio. <laughs> not on radio. <laughs> anyway, so that was, that was that. So he, I, I sort of. I don't give up. I said, right, leave him to his own devices, literally, to his own yeah, devices, yeah. plural. Uh, and then I've got my eight-year-old boy, right? So I have to go to the school, drive to the school, and they give you like it's about a 20-page dossier of what's coming up oh, this week, goodness. what you've got to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, each segment, morning tea, up until morning tea, before that, big lunch, little lunch. Up. It's like, oh. How well is that going? Oh, it's actually, it's not been too bad this okay. week. Not been too bad because I was supposed to be doing... Um, the week of... I was doing a shift on SEN mm. Flip and for whatever reason it flipped and flipped and I got flipped out. But it's been all right, actually. been yeah. all right. We've been... You start the day with some reading and then you do some comprehension, blah, blah, blah. Where I was going with this. So today we were talking about um, hoofed mammals. Hooved, 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 hooved yeah. mammals like an elephant, um, bronco. Yeah, that sort of thing. There's loads of them, right? Loads of them. So then, and they live in a what's a group of elephants called? Well, oh. a herd. They live in a herd, yeah. right? Yep. So then I start explaining to my eight year old that you know these groups of animals, mm. they're not all called herds. Ah yes, so you, you know where the, I'm going. Yeah, so I didn't. Geese, yes, well I was about to ask you. Path. So what's ducks? A group of ducks? 
I would not have a clue. School. No, that's fish, you goose. Group. I don't know. A group of ducks. Um, I don't know. I'm asking you. Can you Google oh, it? I think okay. it's called a um oh is it a uh, I don't know what cackling? No, I'm not sure it's but I didn't get to I didn't I've got flock here. A flock of ducks. Yeah. No, that doesn't sound right. Flock of birds. Duck is a bird, I suppose it's or probably a herd. A herd of ducks. Uh, oh, a gaggle of geese, a herd. No, it can't be herd. I was trying to tell my eight year old that it's not oh, a herd. But there's some really good ones, aren't there? Yeah. Um and A group of bees. That's brilliant. A group of bees. What's it called? A bike. A what? A bike of bees. Never heard that there before. Go. Keep it going. What else you got? Uh, a group of cats. Uh, a posse. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. Uh, it's a glaring. A glaring. A glaring of cats. All right. Yeah. Uh, There's some really good ones. Iguanas. Um, <laughs> yes. A mess. A mess yeah, of iguanas. Well, it makes a bit of sense. Yeah. There's some others as well, and I haven't got it in front of me. Mm. Um, anyway, that, that's there what I was go. going. Very good. Yeah, um, a herd of um, yes, of uh, hooved, yeah. hooved mammals. Um, oh, sharks! Might have heard this in past. Pack? No, no, no. Close. Well, well no, no, uh, not school. really. A school. A shark, a fish. A shiver. Of sharks. A shiver of sharks. Never heard that. There you go. Never heard that. Pod, dolphins, whales yes. are pods, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. A hamsters. <laughs> What? A horde. A horde of hamsters. Horde of hamsters. Are you sure they're not just playing it, rolling it off the tongue, alliteration? If it starts with a H, then we find oh, something with a H. I've got everything here. Like it's some terrific. of our callers, like Bill from Blacktown. <laughs> <laughs> Harry from Hurstville. Yeah. Mm? Uh, where are we going? Um, Rocket, Man. Rocket Man. Rocket Man, yes, yes. Far off track there. What, Rocket Man? And I think it's going to be So Elton John, Rocket Man, and you know the drill. We give away. Uh, we don't give them away. We we hand out three, two, and one each and every week uh, here on Higher Ground. Basically, from uh, the three players we think had the biggest impact mm. over the preceding round. All right. So um, the winner will get here. End of yeah. end of the year. Elton John, we think, might come in here into our intimate studio. And the winner will get the Rocket Man Award. Mm. And uh, Russian, Mad Russian, the Rocket Man Award, what is it? It's Elton John. What, yes. Two Stevens. It's a bronze. One under each arm. It's a bronze statue of Elton. Yep. And he's holding what? His two balls. Yes. Okay, the Stevens. Yes. Yes. So uh, at the moment, I think Tommy Turbo is way out in front. Uh, I did have the. He's Rangers. about eight points clear, I think, Tommy Turbo. He's nine. He's nine points today. clear, Tommy Turbo. Clear. So it looks like Tommy Turbo has his hand on one of Elton's two balls, mm. right? It's going to take... points this week? Huh? In the points this week? Is he? Well, we're going to have to wait and see. Oh, okay. We have to wait and see. Played well, I thought, Tommy, uh, against Melbourne. 
Um, but he is clear, so it's going to take some catching. I don't know yeah. that we've got enough points left. Uh, four rounds, 12, 12 points. 12 points. Catchable. We can still peg his just. catchable just, but almost unassailable. Yeah. Yes. Unassailable. Can you spell unassailable? Can you spell unassailable? Is it double N, double S, or double L? Uh, or all three of the above? Double S. I reckon you're right, yeah. That's the only one. Yeah. No, I'd go with that. Are we going through finals? Yeah. That allows us. We have to, because yeah. I, don't, I don't, don't think Elton can get here until sort of... Um, Grand final time. Yes. So we're going to extend it. So what we've got here, let's have a listen here. One point, one point for this week's Rocket Man Award. Cody Walker gets the one point. Cody Walker gets the one point. Okay. Cody Walker gets the the one point. I thought you'd like that. Yeah, thank you very much. And what do we got here? What do we got here? Two points. Two points goes to... Harry Grant from Melbourne. Harry Grant gets the two points. Yep. No, not many Harry Grant fans out there. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Not for Melbourne players. It's probably just Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. And uh, three points this week's Rocket Man. Three points. The big three this week in Rocket Man goes to... Matt Burton. Matt Burton from Penrith on his way to Canterbury next year. Yeah. Outstanding performance, Matty Burton. And uh, there is first points, I think, in the Rocket Man. Could mm. be wrong. But at the moment, Tommy Turbo is way out in front. Stay with us. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Coming up to 11 o'clock, Steve Renoff is next. Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowerville? That's it, Queensland. Well, it is everywhere, and uh, this part of the show, we do it most Monday nights. It's a welcome back to Steve Renoff, who uh, we've had a bit of a break for a couple of weeks. So, Stevie, great to talk to you, mate. How you been? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, going all right up here, Chris. We, we just come out of lockdown, so we're uh, Brisbane and, and the great area is very happy about that. Yeah, I bet it is, and uh, we're all, well, I guess, dealing with it with different degrees of lockdown, so you've just got to... You know, you've got to adjust your sails a bit, haven't you, and, and, and ride with it. I will point out, too, uh, to our uh, listeners tonight that uh, Stevie Renoff, he, he joins us uh, each and every week thanks to Deadly Choices, uh, which aims to empower Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards a healthier, happier life by eating healthy, exercising daily, and also eradicating sugar, smokes, and uh, alcohol out of their diet. So they do this for deadly choices. Let's zone in firstly, mate, on the Broncos. Um, a loss to the Knights. They... They had a bit of a fight back um, uh, in the last round. Their halfback, Brody Croft, he sort of come in for a bit of criticism and uh, Kevy gave him the hook pretty much, I think, as well. Um, when Albert Kelly went on to replace him, uh, I, he, his future is not with the Broncos. I'm pretty sure he will be going elsewhere if that hasn't been confirmed um, already. But it must be hard, I guess, for, for, for Brody um, having a half sitting on the bench in the shape of Albert Kelly. Yeah, exactly. You know, they they were very happy, uh, you know, and you feel for everyone involved. And they were very happy when Albert did get a couple of games under his belt and the, and the boys really enjoyed playing with him. And obviously he's had this injury. He's been out for a little while. But, you know, now that he's back, he, he strikes a bit of... It's going to be good, but he strikes a bit of um, 
uh, excitement around the team because you know a lot of the young guys look up to they they they're really amazed with some of the stuff he does and you know I had a, I had a chat to him a few weeks ago and he was really looking forward to getting back into that team and you know I, I think Brody's had a lot of chances but um you know just I, I just think he, he's at the moment he's just he's struggling a bit to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's difficult for the Bronx too, and no, no doubt about it. You know, since the start of the season, they are getting better pretty much every every week. I think you can see signs of improvement, yes. but it is hard when you um, you're chopping and changing all the time with your with your six and and your seven. Um, Kevy spoke, I think it was today. It might have been yesterday um, about the club and and Katoni Stags, arguably their best player. He's only played a handful yeah. of games. Let me just play what Kevy uh, said, but you know, he's of the opinion if, if Katoni Staggs is, is fully fit and plays the whole season, then this year's Broncos team could possibly make the eight. we just got to get the right roster in, in place for us to do that. And I think this year has been about trying to shape that roster for the right um, to, to make a charge for it. And next year, we've, you know, um, coming in, we've got some classy, experienced players. And let's not forget that uh, Katoni Staggs, who is, is probably one of our best players, has played four games for us, um, you know, in the season. So uh, if he plays d- double that, I'm pretty sure we're playing finals footy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Katoni Staggs, a gun player. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, they make the finals if Katoni plays every game, but no doubt about it, Stevie Renoff, uh, they will be a better team next year. And, and as Kevy touched on there they're they're building towards next year and I suppose the question too is it's probably hard to focus on games coming up this weekend when you know you can't make the finals um you've avoided the wooden spoon and you, you probably do start looking towards next year yeah you know and look look I know Kevy he'll be wanting to finish the season off you know in a positive um you know I think the the last three weeks were really um you know games that you know we should have we were in a in them all, we won one of them, um, but unfortunately, we come up short with the other game. So um, he, he'll just want to ride the, the season out uh, on a positive, you know, try and win as many games as he can to, towards the end of the season. But also, as, as you mentioned, they, they are rebuilding, and we hate, a lot of people hate using that word, but the Broncos are rebuilding, and it's just something we just got to be patient with that. And and I think um, you know, I think any team, I think they lift. By having a player like a Katoni Staggs, I sort of understand what Kevy said there, but um, you know, it, it, we just got to look forward to next year. I think there'll be a totally different outfit. Mm. Broncos uh, this weekend. I'm just looking at your draw. So Friday, that's the uh, eight o'clock game against the Roosters. So it doesn't get any uh, any easier for the Bronx no. this weekend. Uh, elsewhere in Queensland, Pearl um, Titans. Okay, they're what are they up to seventh? I think on the ladder, uh, yeah. a good win over the Cowboys. They they towed them um, up in, in the end. Um, I guess, talking of halves combinations, um, Toby Sexton, this youngster, Toby Sexton, he's, he's formed he's a really... Right. Yeah, he's formed a really good uh, combo with Ash Taylor, who I think is still looking for a club for, for next year. And uh, poor old Jamal Fogarty, he's sort of on the outside looking in. Yeah, it's it's funny that you know, and um, obviously Jamal's co-captain as well. So yes, uh, he got this young fellas come along, and that's what happens in rugby league. And you know, it happened throughout all our careers. And there's always there's these young fellas, and that's good for the club because they, they got a bit of competition. And um, young young Toby's come up, and he stepped up. Um, he's like, well, the three halves are, are great players, Ash and, and obviously Jamal, and 
and the, the funny thing is about three of them, they're all kickers as well, so they can all they all kick for goal. So, but Toby's got that at the moment, and you know he's he he's been in he's won three in a row, and um, you know he's a good kid. So you know Jamal's ready to is obviously back, um, but I, I saw an interview tonight with Jamal, and he he's got such a good head on him. He's just said, well, I'll just uh, wait my turn, and you know hopefully I'll get back in there. There's a real log jam, as you know, Steve, around the finals. There's, you know, really two spots up for grabs and you know, five teams, I guess, vying for those two spots. Uh, being sitting in seventh position now, though, the Titans, I guess, well, it's it's theirs to lose, isn't it? Um, do you think they will make the finals? It yeah, it is. I think I think I've seen them turn in a couple in a couple of weeks as well. Obviously, with their wins, you know, they they're in and out um, in their games. They they really weren't, um, you know, even a little bit on the weekend. Really, um, you know, they they still let a few points in, but um, they can get they can get better. The Titans, and I just love the way they play their footy. They got a they got a good vibe down there, um, and I noticed that at the start of the year. So, you know, I think it'll all come together with them. I think they can they can hold themselves in the eight, and obviously that all comes down to their heads. And Justin Holbrook's been doing a good job, and I, I think he's got that plan that. He'll keep them in the eight, and I reckon you know once once they're in that eight, they're they're every chance. Yeah, well, they got Souths this weekend. Then they've got uh, I think Melbourne uh, after that. Uh, then they've got the Knights and the Warriors. So they they probably need to pick up well, let's say at least two of those four, and that would yeah. I reckon, I reckon would lock them lock them in. Poor old Cowboys, Pearl. Um, what's that? Seven? Yeah. It's eight straight losses, I think, for them. Now it's not been their year. At what point does um, the pressure begin to mount on a coach? Well, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one, and you know it's, it's funny. Not that long ago, we you know we wouldn't have been having these discussions. It's funny no. how the footy's changed, where we're we're talking about coaches all of a sudden losing their jobs, leaving mid-season, and you know I, I think it's just been one of those. It, it, it has been a a bit of a terrible run for the Cowboys, but they're they're very much like the Broncos. They they got a lot of young players that are, you know, debuted this year that are coming in and they've, they're going through a bit of a transition and I I, I feel, you know, for the coach that, you know, he's he's under that pressure but um, I think they're expecting a lot more from this team, especially when we've seen the job he did with, with the Warriors last year um, and poor old Todd's gone up there and just hasn't quite worked out for him. Mm. The uh, the top four then, mate, or forget the top four, let's talk about premiership uh, contenders. Uh, would you agree... <laughs> Would you agree at this stage it's probably a race in four, Storm, Panthers, Bunnies and, and maybe Manly? I.e., do you think the yeah. Eels the eels and the Roosters might be cooked? I, I think so. I think, I think you know, you can, you can, and I hate to say this, but definitely um, the, the Eels are, are cooked. Um, the Roosters, I mean, they're just, they're just depleted on, on some of their key positions. But, um, you know, we've got to look at the coach there too. You know, he might have something to say about that, but when you, I just amazed at Melbourne and what they're doing, and uh, you know that they're on this massive winning streak, and they they just look so good um, that they're, they're going to be very very hard. Doesn't matter who they're playing, but they'll be in the grand final. And um, you know, South are on fire at the moment too, so you know they've been going okay. But for my money, um, it's, it's going to be the Storm. I, I think um, that that you know they're at the top, and um, obviously Penrith are hanging around there as well, but. I think on their day, uh, I think the storm will, will be the one that'll get the get the money. Mm, okay, um, sledging pearl. Now we know back in your day, <laughs> in your day, uh, well, sledging's been around for for many, many, many years. Been around for a hundred years. 
in your day, if uh, you were to sledge an opponent, well, nine times out of ten, he'd, he'd get you back probably physically. These days, exactly. uh, these days that, that can't happen. And uh, some are sledging more than others. Will Chambers is notorious sledger. Yes. Back in your day, in the Broncos' great era, who was who was a bit lippy? Alfie? Yeah, uh, not no? really. Not really. Big Dell, the big Dell. Well, oh, Dell liked he, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Dell always had to tell everyone how good he was, and he he didn't stop that on and off the field. So. <laughs> Uh, he, he certainly uh, did that on the field. Uh, you know, when he scored a try, he, he'd stare down his opposition. Usually, I think it was uh, McDougal that he played. He yeah. always had a run in with, and uh, Dugues was a bit of a. He had a bit of a mouth on him as well. Yeah. What about Gordy? How did he go? I mean, he could back it up with action. Yeah. No, Gordy. I think Gordy back in the day, he was. He was. He he didn't really do too much. He did a little bit of sledging, but he's always sucking in. He's always sucking for that breath of air. So. He couldn't didn't get too much out of his mouth because he was, he was looking for oxygen. <laughs> Carrot, <laughs> Carrot was always a bit chatty. Yeah, yeah, little, little, little munch around the. Every every hooker has that in them, don't they? They they um they Carrot, Yeah, he was. Uh, we used to always have a thing about him. He he he'd start a, a bit of a melee or whatever you want to call it with with his mouth and um you know it used to get a bit physical and and we always have video evidence because he, he'd step his way out of it and leave everyone else to do the actual physical. <laughs> But yeah. he probably started with his mouth. <laughs> and Shane Webke, how'd he go? Webby, you know, Webby, Webby, he was just a bit of a grumpy man, I think, all, all around. You know, he just, um, you know, he won't mind me saying that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, 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 he didn't mind to say a few things. Mm. All right, Jeff. And you, uh, you're like a choir boy. Which, you, oh, yeah, you mate, wouldn't even me. back check the referee from memory. No, I, I might add a couple of little indiscretions, but uh, that, that was a bad. I mind you. Opposition. I mean, and I was pretty good with this, but Terry Hill was known yes. as a, as a good sledger, but he he was actually very good. Every time I, I cannot recall him sledging me, so we we had a bit of respect between the two of us. But yeah. uh, geez, he, he didn't mind a chat, Tez. No, 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 he didn't. Uh, you're right, mate. Thanks for joining us, Pearl. I, I love chatting to you all the time, and uh, we'll try and do it again next week, shall we? No worries. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Great mate. Stuff. Thanks, mate. Enjoy the rest of your week. There is Steve Renoff, and we do that for Deadly Choices, by the way, which uh, aims to empower Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards a healthier, happier life by eating healthy, exercising daily, and eradicating sugar, smokes, and alcohol. You're listening to Higher Ground. Well, that just about does it for this edition of Higher Ground. Uh, thanks for your company. Thanks to all those who picked up the phone and uh, got involved and uh, to those of you who sent through the text and our guests tonight, uh, Steve Renoff, as always, and Greg McCallum. Nice to chat to both of you and Timmy Manor as well. Our rocket man for the week, all three points went to Matty Burton from Penrith Panthers. Well done to Matt. And unfortunately, our wood duck of the week went to interim Cronulla coach Josh Hannay. Uh, We'll be back uh, on Wednesday from 10pm until midnight with Higher Ground. I'll be here in the chair again with the Mad Russian. Then on Thursday, uh, we will be broadcasting on NRL on SEN. Melbourne Storm up against the Raiders. Can the Raiders rattle the Storm? Methinks not, but uh, stranger things have happened. And then again on Friday from 5pm, it's St. George Illawarra Dragons up against the Panthers and then Higher Ground from 9 till 11. That's it from me. Until next time, take care. Keep smiling.